This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Tuesday, May 21st, 2019. It's Honor 20 Pro Day, and my guest is no other than the awesome Joshua Vergara. Hi, Josh. How are you? Ah, I'm doing all right. Uh, uh, greetings, or rather, what what is a what is a greeting from London? Um, greetings, I guess, just from London. <laughs> greetings and salutations from London. <laughs> I think Cheerio like is not the greeting, right? Cheerio is like what you say when you leave. Right? That's right. It's more okay. of a. It's more a, have some cereal. I'm leaving now. Cheerio. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. I'm such a dork. Um, thanks for being on the show, Josh. I know you're. I'm in San Francisco. You're in London. But I was super excited because we both got the Honor 20 Pro to play with a little bit ahead of the launch that happened today. You were there for the launch. How did it go? How was it? Well, the launch was fine. Uh, I will say just sort of like from a personal like a comfort standpoint, um, for whatever reason, today the weather decided to like open up. So the sun was out and it was beaming all over the place. For some reason, though, like it's as if nobody at the venue knew how to like turn the dial to the left. So like it was scorching hot inside. Oh, so it was a little bit uncomfortable, but overall it was a good presentation. I, what I found interesting about it, and I, I guess some people might have watched the uh, the live stream, was that they just had, um, I'm blinking on his name, but um, he was a CEO, obviously, of uh, Honor. He did the entire presentation, and it was not the longest presentation, but I found it interesting that he did the entirety, like not even an extra person coming up to give extra information on a specific aspect or anything like that. It was all him the entire time. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, overall, it was really good. I mean, I, I kind of like where Honor is going right now with the whole... <laughs> I, I don't remember if you were there, Miriam, for that one launch in San Francisco. It was at the uh, Natural History yes, Museum. I was there. The Honor 8. Yes, that was the one. And it was all... Like, the word millennial was all over it. Um, and yeah. I remember we all scoffed at that. But uh, now they're using the term global youths, which I actually kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> global youth. Oh, that's awesome. Funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole push towards like the younger crowd, I think is it's a it, it's always been a good idea. And maybe the marketing strategy is still a little bit rough around the edges. It's definitely better than millennial. Global youth sounds a little bit catchier. Um, <laughs> also, it encompasses a lot more people. So I, I'm, I'm down for it. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with the marketing is going to be wonky with Honor anyway. Like, I'm just accepted it. It's, you know, a bit of that China stuff mixed with a bit of that, you know, young company stuff. It's just fun, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely fun. Um, I will give you that. It was very trendy. Yeah, totally. So um, you've played with the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I like it a lot. And, you know, this is something that I have to stem from my experiences so far with the OnePlus 7 Pro and the Pixel 3a. Um, obviously, two very different devices, but I keep two coming devices, back. Yep, yeah, that I also have, so we can definitely talk and compare. Yeah, totally. Well, really, the only thing I wanted to point out about it was that um, I, I keep coming back to the Pixel 3a because it's just an easier-to-handle device. I actually think the OnePlus 7 Pro is a little bit too big. And what, what I commend... Is. Yeah, what I commend about the Honor 20 Pro um, is that it's not too big. It, it manages to have a decent footprint um, despite having an over six inch display. And I, I'm i always going to appreciate that. And, and that's something that I really appreciate with this one for sure. Um, and uh, 
as far as the camera experience goes, I mean, four lenses. I mean, Honor heard you liked cameras, so they put cameras on cameras on cameras. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll which talk is about fine. that. <laughs> yeah, which is fine by me, but really the main story, just like it was on the OnePlus 7 Pro, is that, you know, regardless of what the other lenses might be, it's it's all about that Sony sensor. Like, it's just such a good sensor. And no matter what it's phone it's excellent. in, it's uh-huh. excellent indeed. Yeah. Um, so I think you, you actually have your unit. I, I haven't been able to actually use one um since the uh the original briefing until today obviously but that was at the experience zone so you've had it for longer i'm not sure what your experience might have been i've i've had it since friday so it's oh, friday, been okay. four days i guess um and i've had it in my pocket i didn't put my main sim in it but i've been using it pretty extensively uh in fact it's recording backup audio right now for this podcast which oh, is nice I, I like honor and huawei phones they have a really nice sound recorder built in like it's high high quality uses multiple mics so it does uh it does pretty good job at like stereo recording with noise cancellation in fact my backup recording uh, for the listeners it saved me on the uh, second show we did at uh, google io i i recorded a show there and it was very very loud and my main recording setup which is a condenser mic on my macbook just couldn't handle the um all of the um the background and especially the bass that was being generated by the rehearsal happening on stage uh-huh. behind us but the uh the uh i was using the p30 pro to record as a backup and man it handled it like a champ mm. and i was able to get a pretty decent recording out of it so you know keep that in mind if you're a podcaster that having a backup recorder especially one that can handle high sound pressures if case you're in a loud environment can make or break your recording basically so yeah yeah you were mentioning that um the honor and the huawei phones are quite decent at that at that very task and i never really thought about that like i think about it for like vlogging purposes which is the reason why i tend to not use um those phones because like just for front-facing camera video i'm not usually very impressed by them i'm not impressed by many of them the only one that i really was impressed by recently was honestly the uh honestly the black shark 2 because it has so many uh microphones on it so i would probably I would probably gravitate to that or the Galaxy S10 for that kind of recording. Um, but in any case, uh, too many devices already in our heads, but we're talking about <laughs> the Honor 20 Pro. Yeah, let's go back to that. So you said something that struck a chord with me is, you know, how it feels in hands. It's kind of a, the perfect size. Mm-hmm. I actually, since we're talking about phones that we all have, um, that we both have that we've recently been reviewing and using, the OnePlus 7 Pro and the uh, Pixel 3a. I have the small Pixel 3a and I have, obviously, the OnePlus 7 Pro. Um, reviewed both of them. The the uh, Honor 20 Pro is about the same physical size as the Pixel 3a, a little mm. wider, though, but okay. not much. And here's the kicker, 6.26-inch display in that in that form factor instead of what is it 5.6 or 5.7 or something on the pixel 3a yeah something like that with plenty of bezel so basically yeah you get basically almost a bezel-less uh display in the same form factor which means the phone is super easy to hold feels great in hand and then is on top of that you know giving you this massive screen real estate that's just shy of what you'd get from a really large phone like a Galaxy S10 Plus or or that OnePlus 7 Pro, right? Yeah. Uh what what color are you rocking on on yours? I have that bluish green color. Uh, uh okay. I guess that's what's it called? Oh, I forgot the names of the colors. <laughs> well, they had the uh so I I I uh I posted this on uh, on my Twitter as I was like, kind of live tweeting the event. What I found so funny was that when Phantom Black came up and it was clearly purple. <laughs> so Phantom <laughs> like, Blue is what I have then. Okay, Phantom Blue is yeah, yeah that yeah. that is the one. 
So That's Phantom Black comes up, and even the presenter, I, I, I keep forgetting his name, but even he chuckled when he got to that slide. And he was like, Phantom Black, well, you know, it, 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 got, to, it got close to purple. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks, they both look stunning. I have to say, though, that I still think the Honor View 20, I know this is complicated, this naming, this naming convention they have, because they have the View series and then the regular Honor series. So they, last year they had the View 10 and the Honor 10, and now they have the View 20 and the Honor View, uh, sorry, the Honor 20, Honor 20. and mm-hmm. the Honor 20 Pro and the Honor 20 Lite. So we're talking about the 20 Pro, and um, I like the back on the t- View 20, that Chevron pattern, yes, much more. Yes, because I did ultimately, love that too. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the Honor 20 is super shiny, super fingerprint magnet. Like, this thing will not last for one second in your hands without a fingerprint. Like, you can look at it the wrong way and you'll see a fingerprint. Uh, It's so intense. But in that sense, I feel like if you're going to go that way, it's, you know, instead of just a mirror, which is what this looks like, a very deep mirror, like very, very lustrous mirror, why not give some pattern or something, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about the View 20 because it had that chevron finish. Yeah, did you get a look at any of the uh, special, not really special edition, but like obviously the main one would be that Mos, Moschino, is that the way? Moschino? Yeah, yeah. so mine was a Moschino edition, but in blue. I didn't ah, have okay. the red one. The red one is really striking though. Well, for the Honor 20 and the Honor 20 Pro right now, it's a little bit too on the nose. Like the branding is fine and all that, but I don't know if you got a glimpse at the actual back of that phone for, for the Moschino version of this one. It's literally a black backing with, with lettering on it that says, this is not a Moschino phone. I was <laughs> like, what do, what do they think of the global youth? If they I, didn't, I didn't see that one. I was talking <laughs> about the Moschino for the View 20 because that's oh, yeah, the, the edition that I got. It doesn't say any Moschino anywhere. It just, you know, apparently is the Moschino version that we got to review. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't know. You know, this is again, again, I want to say, and uh, I say that very respectfully, China, you, and young company doing weird marketing. <laughs> yeah, you indeed. know it's all good. <laughs> Let's roll with it, right? Yeah. Um, I just think the phone looks good and a little too shiny for me, but good. Uh, mostly because of fingerprints, but it feels amazing in hand. It's dense too. It feels hefty. I don't mm-hmm. know how heavy is it. Are the specs out for the weights? I don't think they gave us the weights, so I couldn't put. Them I don't. In my yeah, hands I don't have that written down anywhere. And I'm it's, looking it's at my notebook now. Not OnePlus Seven Pro heavy, but it's definitely <laughs> heavier than a Pixel Three A. I can tell you that. Oh yeah. Um, indeed. It's probably like 180 grams is what I'm guessing. It's definitely more than 160, 150, mm-hmm. which is what you'd expect that size phone to be. And I I've, mean, it's a glass um, sandwich. It really feels dense and well-made, right? Oh, yeah, indeed. Uh, it absolutely does. And and it shines real well. Um, you, you were talking about the look. Um, it has that triple layer on the back. Uh, as far as the look is concerned, um, where do you... So you're in, are you into the, the, the hole punch design that Honor has? I think this is the only phone that is doing it the way that it is. So small, up on the yeah, top left. I mean, it's basically the same display and punch hole that we saw in the View 20, just scaled down in size because View 20 has a bigger 6.4-inch display, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so think of it from the front. Actually, you would you have a hard time telling them apart the View 20 and the Honor 20 Pro. They're basically like just one is smaller than the other version of each other. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the 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 hole punch. I think it's an it's an okay compromise, especially the what they've done here, which is one. You know, it's not like a an oval one like on the Galaxy S10 and S10 Plus. It's more like the Galaxy S10e. It's just a small one. Actually, the, the S10 regular has a small one as well. So it's more like the, the, the smaller galaxies. 
Um, but it's exactly like the View 20. It's a 4.5 millimeter, and it's on the left. I think the left side makes more sense than the right side to me, but I don't know, maybe. Um, the thing that bugs me the most about both the View 20 and the Honor 20 Pro in terms of displays, it's IPS. You know, I've been mm. using so many OLED phones in the last few years that IPS can look really good. I mean, th- these are good displays. They're really strong. They're really nice IPS panels. But, y- you know, once you go OLED, you can't go back. Like, I just, I just, you know, you look, you put, size, put it side by side even with a P30, right, non-pro. And it's just like, yeah, you, the P30 display just looks better, you know? And I find it funny because a lot of, um, well, not a lot, but some AMOLED or OLED displays have been managing to match or even surpass the brightness of some IPS displays because that, that was usually the, the core difference between the two is that IPS can be brighter uh, since it's like heavily backlit. Uh, but yeah, it, the, the, the lines are getting much more blurred uh, nowadays. But I think the main difference these days is that if you have an OLED or an AMOLED, you can get a nice looking always on display or even just have that feature to right. begin with. And you can also save a bit of battery by having a dark theme on. And oh, in fact, true. the uh, the so the P30 and P30 Pro have a dark theme you can enable on the battery. Um, I think it's called a battery saving display mode or something. It turns mm-hmm. the whole thing dark, and I love it. You just leave that on. But on the on the Honor 20 Pro, and I had to go back to my Honor View 20 to look. There's none of the, these two modes don't exist, despite them pretty much running similar software. Um, and and so even if you want to turn on like a dark mode, you can't do that on the on the Honor 20 Pro. And and that's one of the things you know in the always on display. And then it makes the phone a little thicker. And because you know you have to have that backlight. And so it's a bit of a compromise. And I'm bringing the P30 up because honestly, if you're going to compare them in terms of pricing, 599 pounds is the oh, the yeah. retail pricing for the Honor 20 Pro. And it is uh, that would be if if it were sold in the U.S. And we'll talk about the whole the whole can of worms that 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 this brings up. But hmm. if it were sold in the U.S., it'd be pretty much five ninety nine U.S. You know, they, it pretty much translates these days. When you see a phone, most sellers, you know, most companies sell them for the same price in euros, British pounds, and U.S. dollars. So think in your head, five ninety nine U.S. not conversion rate. And so at that price, you can buy a P thirty for that price all day long right now. Uh, a gray market in the U.S. So, and and if you look at them on paper, they are so close. Have you have you yeah. checked that out? No, not the P30. Um, I I still have a P30 Pro that I have to like actually. So use. so think <laughs> about this for a second. The this both have a three uh, an eight megapixel three times telephoto OIS lens, uh-huh. uh, probably the same one, f over two point four, exactly the same specs. Um, both have a telephoto that's sixteen megapixel. Um, with a pretty wide field of view and have, um, you know, well, there's a difference. The P30 has has autofocus on its ultra-wide, which lets it do macro photography, right? Oh, yeah, that's Whereas, right. Whereas this is the one thing that's interesting about the Mate, uh, sorry, not the Mate, <laughs> the Honor 20 Pro is that it does have a fourth lens, which is a macro lens that's a dedicated 2 megapixel um, f over 2.4 fixed focus lens it's fixed to four centimeters that's where the sweet spot is so it's designed to be a macro but you really have it's hard for you to tell if you focus perfectly because there's a bit of with that f over 2.4 you got a little the the depth of field is wide enough that you have a bit of play there Mm -hmm. um so that's one of the things about the macro is that the level of detail is very low because two megapixels and it's hard to really tell if you focused right because you don't really know exactly where you're at on that four centimeters which is one point I don't know, five something inches, five, seven. 
And then you have uh, also the problem that it's it's got large pixels, 1.75 micron, but with f 1 2.4, it's not going to be very good in low light, right? Mm. So, so in a way, the P30 has that ultra wide angle with autofocus, which lets it do macros and might perform better, at least give you more detail doing that. Can I ask um, you though, how, how often do you do macro to begin with? Not really. And generally, honestly, if you use the aperture mode on any Huawei or Honor phone, like if the ones that have an aperture mode, mm -hmm. you can replicate a, a macro pretty easily by basically pulling back a little bit, putting in aperture mode and focusing on something close up and it'll do a pretty good job and gives you that fake bokeh in the background. So that's the other thing I wrote in my hands-on on Geekspin. I was like, well, you know, do we really? I mean, they were very upfront with us when they presented this phone to us at a briefing in San Francisco <laughs> just before IO. I loved their language around it. It was so funny. <laughs> right? That they didn't know quite what they were doing with that macro. They kind of <laughs> threw it in there to see what, like they literally said to us, yeah, we, we did, we put it in there just to see if it'll stick. We don't know if we're going to do that again. And yeah, we honestly, want to know what the response is going to be to, <laughs> to yeah. this thing we're adding in. I honestly don't know. I still have mixed feelings. But let's finish the, the cameras a bit because I, I'm just pointing out the similarity of the P30 and the, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and the Honor 20 Pro. And I think the reason I'm bringing it up is because they're so close. So, you know, it doesn't have a macro, the P30, but it has a macro through autofocus on the ultra wide. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the main sensors, and this is where it's really interesting. The P30 has that crazy RYYB, the, the yellow sensor, right? That is in the P30 Pro. Yeah. It's, it's 40 megapixels. It's pixel binning, you know, quad bear. And it doesn't have OIS on the P30. It has OIS on the P30 Pro. And the f-stop is not as good as on the P30 Pro. So it's not 1.6, it's f 1.8. But if you look at it, that sensor is so good at f 1.8, even without OIS, that it's very similar to what you're gonna get on the, on the Honor 20 Pro, which is a 48 megapixel, that Sony IMX586, with, this is the part that I'm really excited about, f 1.4. Yeah. That has gotta let in a lot of light. Yeah, indeed. And I, I'm, I'm, so you, have you seen that sort of depth of field as well using it? Yes. And that's my point. It's like, if you want to do macro photography, if you, you have, you know, you can zoom in on that 12, you can use the digital zoom on that 12 megapixel to get below two times, right? Uh -huh. be, be before the telephoto kicks in and you can naturally get the, the same experience as a micro lens. You have to pull back and zoom in digitally a bit, but you have 12 megapixels to play with. So that two megapixel macro, you're still getting more detail, even if you pull back and digitally oh. zoom, right? And, and because, because the, the 1.4 gives you such a shallow uh, you know, depth of field, you get this really nice bouquet that's natural. And then if you want, you can crank it up with the aperture mode. Um, I also found that I did some experimenting using the telephoto as a macro, right? Because on my Sony NEX camera, I have the stock lens and I use, I basically zoom in and pull out when I want to do shallow depth of field uh, macro photography as it were. I need a lot of light because the f-stop is f over 5.6 at that point or something. Oh, yeah. Right? But my point is the, 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 the telephoto here is three times optical zoom, at f over 2.4 with an eight megapixel sensor. So again, you pull back, you set it to three times zoom, and you can get a macro shot that's still eight megapixel, way better than the two megapixel from the macro. And yes, you need a, a lot of light, f over 2.4, but again, the macro is also f over 2.4. So I don't know if that macro lens is really necessary. <laughs> yeah. And that's I think my even, takeaway. 
And I think even without the comparison to the P30, a lot of people might be looking at that lens like, what am I going to do with that? Like, what <laughs> what exactly but am I hey, going to like get can four centimeters away from? cameras, right? Yeah, exactly. And unlike the other quad cameras on the market, because there are several, the Galaxy A9, the Galaxy S10 5G, the oh, yeah. uh, Honor P30 Pro, sorry, Honor, Huawei P30 Pro, all have quad cameras in the back, but the fourth camera on all of these is a depth sensor or a time of flight sensor. Yeah, it's so more it's of a utility really a camera. Thing. You mm. can't actually open that camera up. Whereas with the Honor 20 Pro, you literally have in the more settings, like a dedicated, you know, super macro, whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So it I'm is. not sold on the macro, but I don't want to knock them on it because it's creative and cool and different. And but I'm not again in terms of imaging performance. I think you're better off using either the telephoto or the main lens f of 1.4 or the aperture mode that uses the main lens f of 1.4 with fake bokeh. That's and my takeaway. And you know, I found it kind of interesting that whenever the Sony IMX sensor starts to appear on phones, it almost makes the other lenses on the phone a bit moot. And not to say that they're yes. useless, it's just like those are things that are there in case you kind of need that. If you need a wide angle shot, it's there. If you need a telephoto or a portrait, it's there. But for the most part, man, I just and, and keep it on the main lens. Like uh, when it comes to the OnePlus 7 Pro, I'm just like, you know, as long as you keep it on one one X... You can have a great time. It's when you press that oh, yeah. button and try to but move even zooming other places. At, yeah, even zooming weird. at 2x with that, digitally zooming at 2x with the 48 megapixel sensor on all these phones that have it, yeah. gives you pretty great results because it does the smart pixel bidding and, and stuff, you know, does a bit of interpolating until it hits about two times and then it kind of starts losing data, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, because it has 48 megapixels to start with. And so it's kind of like what... Uh, what Nokia did with PureView on those 41 megapixel, you know, the, uh -huh. the PureView 808 and the 1080, the, the Lumia 1080 back, no, 1020, sorry, 1020, 1020 back yeah. in those days. You know, it's the same kind of technology. So you can zoom digitally with lossiness to about two times. Um, so it's very interesting, you're right, because it's like, and that sensor is just so versatile. And again, you know, I'm comparing the P30, which is really the decision you have to make now, is you want a, a P30 with OLED or do I want a you know and, and a and a and a teardrop notch, or do I want a Honor 20 Pro with an IPS and a and a punch hole? Uh, because in terms of the imaging performance, they're very close. Mm -hmm. I think that the the you know the P30 Pro is still better because it's OIS and a faster lens on the main camera, and of course that crazy telus tele you know telescopic whatever it's called periscopic yeah, the, the far zoom, zoom right? yeah mm -hmm. but but the low light on 48 megapixel imx 586 with f01.4 i've taken some low light shots now and like wow like we're talking very close to what that ryyb sensor can do oh is that uh, right with, okay on the p30 with f01.8 and no is so not oh. compared to the p30 pro like you take a bit of a ding on the p30 for not having a ys and having a slower lens mm. uh, but you know I don't think that it can do uh, the super dark stuff that the P30 and P30 Pro can do, you know, where you're like in a completely unlit room and it still gets you something. Yeah, and then suddenly there's a, there's something there. Yeah, Yeah. the, the, the Honor 20 Pro, the IMX586 doesn't quite match that. But in most low-light situations that are normal low-light situations, like you know, you're walking down the street in the dark, you know, you want to take a photo of like some cool piece of art late at night and you really only have the lights of the street lights and maybe the moon you can get some really nice photos in my experience you have you used the camera much at all 
No, I, it's one of those. So I'm actually going to be traveling in about two weeks, and I want to use the P30 Pro that I have for that entire trip. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go Ooh, nuts with that thing. Really nice. crash course myself with it. So it's I'm really, really looking strong, to it. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, quick question. Uh, in in the comparison between P30 and Honor 20 Pro, they they have the same internal specs, right? They have the same processor. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, Kirin yeah. 980. I think the Honor 20 Pro wins a little bit because it comes with eight gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage. Where I think the base P30 is six gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage. Mm. And but of course, I they're under the same umbrella, so they have that GPU turbo as well. Like correct, they way, have right? all of that. The same, basically, everything else is the same. The, you do get a headphone jack with the p30 which you don't have mm. on the p30 pro and on the honor 20 pro so remember that if you look at Honor 20 pro and you want headphones it's not gonna happen i mean there's an adapter in the box so that's not bad um but you know keep that in mind yeah. uh, i think trying to think of other differences battery oh the battery the, the the p sorry the honor 20 pro wins on battery a little bit because it's 4,000 milliamp hour i think the p30 is like 38 or something i need to look it up I mean, look, the reality is this, is we know the Kirin 980 with something around 4,000 milliamp hour and a 1080p display is a killer battery life. Like we're talking two days easily. Yeah, right. I agree. So uh, let me see, P30 specs. Uh, I'm going to our good friends at GSM Arena who provide <laughs> us a, a public service um, of all the awesomeness. So that phone has a 3650 milliamp hour battery. So okay. a little smaller. And it's also a smaller phone because the display is 6.1 inches. So it's a little more compact even. Mm. But we're, again, they're very toe-to-toe, especially with the current pricing, right? Yeah. Um, and there is an 8 gigs of RAM, 256 gig option available, but you'll have to pay a little more for it. So if I can bring up a uh, sort of a side comparison here, like with the P30 uh, against a phone that's kind of under the same umbrella, it makes sense that they would be pretty neck and neck. I heard conversations during the the launch today comparing the Honor the Honor 20 Pro to the OnePlus 7 Pro. We don't have to go too long on this if you don't want to, but I'm just curious. No, but I think it's an is. interesting comparison, and I, th- yeah, I think we should make it especially. Honor- because this Honor 20 Pro actually undercuts the price of the OnePlus yeah, 7 Pro. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, that, you know, the other discussion to have here that we should, you know, I think it's a good discussion, first of all, for, especially for markets where those two phones are available. In the U.S. here, it doesn't really matter too much. But I think the, so the, the, diff- the big difference to me there is the first thing is size. If you can't deal with a big phone, and, and regardless, even if you're not cross-shopping with the Honor 20 Pro, if you can't deal with a big phone, the the, the OnePlus 7 Pro is a beast. And yeah. it's the size of a Note 9, okay? Like, <laughs> I, I don't mind because I love what I'm getting out of the OnePlus 7 Pro. I'm willing to compromise on having a brick in my pocket. But I have to say, if this, this is becoming the biggest drawback of that phone now that I've had it for, you know, almost three weeks. Yeah. And I still have it in my pocket, and I love it. But man, it's a monster. It's so big and heavy. And I've never put a pop socket around. on a phone faster than this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's also slippery as F. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, but look, I mean, the reality is you're right. The pricing is so close. So $599 US would be roughly what the Honor 20 Pro would be worth in in, uh, in the US if it was sold here. And five, $670, so $70 more buys you a quad hd 90 hertz insane oled display yep indeed and basically the cameras are very similar mm-hmm. the you get a pop-up camera which is cool 
um, you get the same battery size, you get equivalent kind of processor in terms of performance. The Kirin 980 might be a little faster day to day uh, in terms of like normal app starting and stuff like that. But I think a lot of that comes to Honor and Huawei's optimizations on their um, Magic OS slash EMUI OS, uh, which is, you know, they can highly, they can be, they can do like Apple. They can tightly integrate hardware and software since they make their own chips, right? Yes. But I exactly. always feel like this Honor feels so fast to me. Like every Kirin 980 phone that I have, U20, Honor 20 Pro, P30, P30 Pro, uh, Mate 20 Pro, Mate 20, they all feel so fast to me. Um, but I have to say, so does the OnePlus 7. You know, the OnePlus 7 Pro, I mean, it has, but, you know, of course it has to drive a quad HD display at 90 hertz, right? So that's... Mm -hmm. The thing, I don't know how many battles EMUI would actually win over Oxygen OS for most users that might be listening right now. Because Oxygen OS is just, it's in and of itself such a revelation of an operating it's system. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's the other. So the other question, and you, Peter, thanks for bringing it up, I think is size and then OS. Like, honestly, you're going to get more updates, especially now with the next thing we're going to talk about. You're going to get more updates faster on the OnePlus, and you're going to get a much more stock and much more polished, I think, user experience. You know, I just don't like what Honor and Huawei are doing with their, with their OS. I think that, you know, they need to give us some stock and, or especially Honor is in a great place to do that. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Even though, even though Magic OS looks a little too familiar, if we're, on, oh, yeah. if we're completely oh, honest. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because Magic OS to me, like, I don't feel it's so different from EM, EMUI. I don't even know why they're branding it differently at this point, you know? Yeah, it's probably just differentiating between the brands at the very least. Um, but yeah, um, the, the last question I wanted to ask in this particular comparison of you, because since you, since you have both of them, um, did you find any of the photos from the other lenses actually either going neck and neck or did you find a disparity between? the two because to be honest i am not a fan of the other lenses of the one plus seven pro and i feel like so i would be a fan of the honor 20 pro honestly lenses. i think it's better i think if you are an imaging freak uh, like somebody who really cares about photography the main camera is definitely similar because same yeah. sensor right the f-stop has is an advantage on the on the uh, honor 20 pro because f1.4 versus 1.6 i think mm -hmm. or 1.5 i don't know what the one plus is now anymore I just reviewed that phone. How can I forget, Joshua? It might be 1.5. I think I think you're right at 1.5. It's close. It's very close. But the tele, <laughs> I think that you can tell that the tele is so much sharper and more detailed. Uh, I than. figured, yeah. And and I mean, don't get me wrong. The OnePlus tele is good, but this is a great tele. And, and here's where the Honor 20 Pro wins completely hands down. It's the ultra wide angle. It is so much sharper. Yep. Like the, the OnePlus 7 Pro needs a software update to fix something. There's something wrong with the software calibration. I'm so disappointed that by that. I couldn't angle. believe it when I used it. It is okay. so soft. Yeah. It's super soft, and you can't even use it in the video mode, which is like my first oh, go-to right. thing. Yeah, so and that... you can with the with the Honor Twenty Pro. You can select which camera you want for video. Yeah, um, so, you okay. can't I, do. I figured you this can't would do be video the with the macro, though, Josh. I'm sorry. <laughs> you you can't do video with the macro. Oh man! So I damn can't, it! Yeah, I can't get all close <laughs> to my kidding. details. Yeah. <laughs> also, a two megapixel. That's like a isn't that like a seven twenty? Or it's not going to go. Yeah, anywhere. you'd yeah. get like four eighty PSD out of that if you stabilize it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I oh man, can you imagine though? Do using just a macro lens for like so much content in a video? Oh my goodness, that's a very specific kind of video. Yeah, but you look, if they put manual controls on video like they have on the LG phones, you could achieve that with uh, that iPhone 1.4 IMX 486, uh, 586, you know? That is fair. 
All right. So, so obviously th- we have we have the big elephant in the room, like the the looming thing. Can I tell you though? At uh, at the launch, there were a lot. Did of- they mention anything? No, not on stage. As a matter not. of fact, I feel like they glossed or maybe rushed through the OS portion of the of the presentation. Maybe it was by design, and maybe they had it planned that way the entire time. But I felt <laughs> like they didn't here. spend much time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but also, while we were on the floor after the the presentation was done. There were a lot of news reporters running around from various different outlets, and I was interviewed by a couple of them. So it was TK, and we both like convened afterwards, and we were like, they told us they would only ask us about the device. What a swerve! That like immediately they were like, so how do you feel about all the news that was coming out? And we were like, oh crap! Like oh boy, how what do you expect us to say? Like we know as much as you do right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we can speculate yeah. until the cows come home, but honestly, do you we want don't to know. recap for the? audience what's going on here at least your quick take on it well okay so my main take at, the, at least for the moment like, i mean without getting too political with all of this stuff like i just find it very uh, not very i find it a little bit unfair that huawei is so easy to vilify and yes. to use as a scapegoat for whatever political gains there might be um i think it was roland who tweeted this and i could not agree more it sucks that it's between two countries uh, whose whims are going to affect millions of people who don't even live in those two countries. Exactly. And it's it's just a terrible thing. And um, I I don't really have any hot takes as to like, quote unquote, who's going to win or anything like that. What I want to see though, is where whenever Google and Huawei, I'm not even saying US China. I don't really, I know that that's a big topic, but I don't really want to care about that at the moment. Google and Huawei, looking specifically at them, whatever the concession is, whatever the decision is as to how to move forward with their software licenses and whatnot, I think it should be contracted. I think that the consumers need to know that, let's say, for the next five, seven, ten years, in writing, they know they're going to have Android uh, and be able to use their phones on the daily. I think that that should be I what agree, comes I agree, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My biggest thing, so just to recap quickly what happened is last week, um, our stupid president, because, you know, we make fun of him on this show all the time. Oh, you do? Um, <laughs> did uh, a stupid thing, surprise, and he signed an executive order that basically put Huawei on the hot list uh, with the Department of Commerce, which means that there's this the kind of list of companies that American companies are allowed, not allowed to do business with. And until then, Huawei wasn't on that list. ZTE has been on that list in the past, and that's a story we kind of covered in the past on the podcast a little bit. Uh, they were able to work out a deal and fix their, and get back on off that list. Mm. Um, so Huawei is now on that list, which means Huawei and, and like many of its subsidiaries, including like you know, obviously High Silicon, which makes the uh, the Kirin chips, including Honor, uh, a, a laptop division from Huawei. I mean everyone. And so this company is now on this list that American companies can do business with. And at first you're like, yeah, who cares, whatever, right? Then you think about it for a second. You're like, wait a minute. That means Google cannot do sell its software to Huawei and you're going to say well doesn't matter Android is open source yeah so AOSP is safe but that means play services security updates all the Google apps that you love and use every day Google Photos Google Maps Gmail all of that is not open source it has some open source parts to it but it's owned by Google and sold by Google as, you know, free, basically a free package. But they, they, you know, there's an approval process and now they can't even even consider Huawei as a company that they can send that, give that to. And then 
And and we'll talk about the ramifications of that in a second. And then it means that Intel can no longer sell chips to Huawei for their awesome laptops or AMD or NVIDIA. I think actually AMD is Canadian, so maybe not. But NVIDIA, um, definitely companies like uh, Qualcomm, although uh, Huawei and Honor make very few phones with Qualcomm chips, they do have some phones with Qualcomm chips. So Qualcomm can no longer supply chips to Huawei. So now you can start seeing how big of a problem this is going to be. It's not a huge deal for the chips because apparently Huawei has been stockpiling Intel chips, but it also means Microsoft Windows won't be able to be on their laptops anymore, right? So like, think about the that's killing it. So you're going to say, well, that's bad for, for Huawei and bad for Americans. But wait a minute, no, it's bad for the rest of the world because now Europe, um, you know, Southeast Asia, the Philippines, Hong Kong, all these countries where people use Google Play services and Google apps or use Windows laptops with Intel chips made by Huawei, they're not going to be able to buy these products. And more importantly, on the existing products, get updates um, to their software and support for that software. In fact, it means that whatever next mate phone that, Huawei releases on what and ever, ever next Honor View phone that uh, Honor releases will, will just not even be able to have Google Play services on it, even when it's sold in Europe. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. It's a very, it, it's such a, this is the part that's really unfair is that the perception of Huawei, especially in the States, is that, oh, Chinese, right? And, but the thing is, I'm here, I'm sitting here in London. They just had a launch. Well, Honor did, but we've there have been Huawei launches here, and there are a lot of people running around London as I speak with Huawei phones, gleefully using them. They're happy with those phones, and in the U.S., it's like, yeah, you know, stick it to the to the Chinese company. No, it like you're saying just now, it affects way more people than that, and it's on a scale that I think most people in the U.S. don't even understand. Um, so yeah, huge implications. I'm glad and you brought up Microsoft too, because I'm using the laptop right now, like to yeah, record me this. Too. <laughs> exactly. And so if you think for a second, oh, who cares? I'm an iPhone user, whatever, right? Okay, fine. Fair enough. And my family in, in the UK is an iPhone user as well. We don't care. Mm. You know, or we use Google phones, we don't care. Think about this for a second. This is essentially about a trade war that Trump started with China because he I don't know, he's got an ego issue or something. And and China's just like so far been playing pretty nicely, honestly. They could have done some really terrible things to the US in terms of tariffs on some stuff, mm. but they haven't. But if China wants to get mad right now about this, because, you know, for better or for worse, Huawei is closely connected to the Chinese government, um, they could force Apple to stop manufacturing in China. Do you think that's not going to affect you and the price of your next iPhone? Right, so this impacts way more. Like there are so many repercussions and cause and effects that could take place from this, um, you know, seemingly in innocuous executive order. It's insane, and the whole tech industry right now is freaking the f out. Like, yeah. if you don't think this is a big deal, you are so sadly mistaken. This is going to affect so many things, um, and so I think they're going to have to come to some kind of agreement. And and maybe that's what it is. Maybe this this ego tripping thing that Trump's doing is basically to kind of like uh, force the Chinese to the negotiating table and to get his way for whatever reason and 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 some compromise reached. There's already been a 30-day, uh, sorry, a 90-day compromise reached somewhat that this list that Huawei Honor are on is, uh, you know, basically that, that they're guaranteeing the Department of Commerce is, is allowing Honor and Huawei to continue to support product for 90 days. So updates and anything else. That, basically, you have 90 days to to clean house and wrap things up is basically what what the the relaxation of that of that 
thing that yeah. happened this weekend. The, the, yeah. But that's this small consolation. That still means the next next May 20 is going to be in trouble. That still means China could retaliate, forcing Apple out of China. And I don't mean out of China for sales. I mean out of China for manufacturing, which is insane. Um, although they might not do that simply because Foxconn is the manufacturer and they stand to lose a lot of money if they don't have apple as a which is kind of a point a i wanted to bring up like that is that is 100 percent what they could do is like i actually raise tensions with foxconn and then actually affect apple uh, apple products around the world i mean that is one retaliation thing but like do you actually think that china won't I'm not going to, okay, I'll use the word cave. Like, I'm not going to say they're going to give up or cave or anything like that. But this is, like, Huawei is China's biggest company. They are number two in the world. There's a lot of money on the line. Do you think that China's really going to try to fight back on it if they just want to have Huawei still in the well, consciousness? The, the reality is that Huawei makes most of its money in China, right? So, you yeah, know, yes, they do. It, it doesn't look good for them internationally, but maybe they retreat for a few years to, you know, China and continue making tons of money selling their EOSP-based OS on their phones. And, you know, they're some kind of Windows clone that they come up with. I mean, like software is pretty easy to replicate and the Chinese is very lax in terms of IP or respecting IP, right? Mm. Even if, if <laughs> you know how many bootlegged versions of Windows are available <laughs> out there. Yeah, I mean, my point is like, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'm, I, I don't know. I think everybody stands to lose. And this is the problem. Trunk is being a, you know, dick and forcing everyone down a rabbit hole of doom here. Like literally, like Apple is, Tim Cook must have called him after this and said, what the F are you doing, dude? Like there are so many things at stake. This is insane stuff. Yeah. And if it you don't think it's going to affect you, it's going to affect you. It's already affecting the US economy, this China trade war that he started in. That's yeah. not even touching on, on this whole... Um, you know, uh, uh, Huawei being banned thing. So the other thing that bugs me about the whole thing and we haven't brought up yet is n there's no evidence. No evidence has ever been produced. And by you know the what? US a lot of people here in London have been saying that as well. There's no evidence that in Europe that they did that. Huawei has done anything nefarious. Exactly. I am willing to believe that at some point they might have had some backdoors in their network equipment, but I don't think they ever had anything in their phones. Frankly, you know, people, we security researchers would have been all over this years ago, okay? Yeah. Like, I think that it's possible that there's been some stuff going on with some networking equipment and and or even if there wasn't anything going on, I can understand how some some countries would choose to not want Huawei networking equipment because they're so closely tied to the Chinese government. And, you know, this is infrastructure equipment. This is equipment that's mission critical for communication. And yes, if you do have a backdoor in there, perhaps you can intercept some communication that you shouldn't be intercepting. I can see them by caution not choosing not to use Huawei's 5G and 4G network equipment at the cell tower level. But to, from there to completely ban the company and make all this 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 you know pompous charade of a of a dog and pony show around it, like seriously, I just produce some evidence because I don't see this being real. I think this is completely made up uh, and used as an instrument of politics to stroke somebody's ego. At this exactly, point. which is the reason why I say it's it's it is unfair that Huawei can be vilified so easily. Um, whether or not it's actually founded, and like we said, there's no evidence for it. It's just a way for, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just, th th this is just a pawn in a much greater problem that we have politically and in the world. Um, and at the, at the end of the day, that's the consumers that are going to get hurt, which is the reason why, you know, whatever the agreement is, you have to, we have to rekindle the trust of the consumer. And 
agreement, if an agreement can be made that licensing can continue, well, they have to know for how long. The consumer needs right. every bit of information, uh, I all mean, the transparency. I just, I just, you know, bought a, an honor phone for my mom a year ago mm. in in France because she needed a new phone. I was like, this is a great phone for the money. Let's get it. Let's get it for you. Carrier sells it subsidized. You want a subsidized phone? Done. It was like a Honor Nine Lite, I think. Mm. I want to say. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, uh, she knows nothing about this stuff. She use our phone is almost exclusively using Google apps. Mm. What's going to happen? Yeah. Is she going to have to go buy a new phone? She's 75. I need to help her out with this. This is like, there's got to be a, a whole bunch of people on this boat right now. So did you see about, um, okay, so yeah, the 90 days uh, until I think it's August 19 is when um, the cutoff Correct. is. Um, but as far as, so we know that, well, it's pretty clear that future devices are going to have trouble licensing and getting certification, having Google Play services installed on those phones because of those licensing issues, like I said. But current devices, there's still no full, like, there, there, no one has a true answer yet as to what exactly. will happen to Exactly, and that's the other phones. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think, I'm going to play the optimist here because I am an optimist, but I think that this is too, there's too much at stake and this is too big. And despite this being essentially just, you know, a tantrum by our president, uh, I think that they're going to work it out. They, they have to. I think there are too many companies in the US depending, like Huawei is one of the biggest chip buyers for Intel, okay? Mm. What do you think Intel's doing right now? If they're not talking to the Department of Commerce and or Trump in person right now, screaming at him on the phone, I don't know what's going on. Because they've got to be freaking out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I Qualcomm agree. is safe. But but Windows, Microsoft and Intel and Google have got to be pissed right now. Yeah. Because Google, you know, they were, you know, the, the big news is Google cut them off. Like, no, no. Google probably was like, we need to do this uh, crap. You know, because like, it, how many times have Google been on stage at Huawei and Honor events? They've been very close partners. Yeah. They like each other a lot. They work well together. Remember, the Nexus 6P was a Huawei phone. Yeah. They have a long-time relationship, these two companies. Don't think for a second that Google has been like, oh, you know, America, yeah, yeah. No, it's not like that at all. Like, they're just doing what they have to do legally to and stay And even then, all of the business. language on all of these articles was, uh, was one of compliance. It's not that Google was so gung-ho about breaking the, or not breaking, uh, revoking licenses. It was that, well, we have to follow the law. We have to follow the letter of the law. So yeah. this is just what happens. It's the whole thing sucks. Um. I think we should move on to some other news because I'm just <laughs> let's light let's lighten it up. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but look, um, speak. I want to wrap up with one more thing about the Honor Twenty Pro, and I want to say that like the OnePlus Seven Pro mm -hmm. and like the P Thirty Non Pro, mm -hmm. these phones, all three of these phones, have no IP rating, no wireless charging. Um, and I was going to say no headphone jack, but the P30 has a headphone jack. But, but, but basically, that's another thing that they have in common. And then um, notification lights. Uh, interestingly, the Honor uh, has a notification light. So the Honor 20 Pro has a tiny little notification light in the tiny little slit of an earpiece that it has up there, which made me very, very happy because the OnePlus 7 Pro does not. And I think the P30 has a notification light as well, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe it doesn't. You know, it's funny, I haven't really used a notification light like in that way in such a long time. I know some people are totally into it, but I, I've never I found... like it. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, and this matters more for the, for the Honor 20 Pro because it doesn't have an always-on display. Mm. 
So it's nice to have the phone sitting there on your desk. You walk away, you go to the bathroom, you come back, and now it's flashing red. So you know, oh, I've got some Gmail. Oh, it's flashing blue. Oh, I got some some Facebook. Or oh, it's flashing light blue. Oh, I got some Twitter. You know, or oh, it's alternating between these colors, so you know you get multiple notifications. It just helps, you know. Okay. Um, that's just me. I'm I'm old school. I love the Blackberries because they had that. Yes, um, they still I, do. I think that's the but, last time I actually fully remember like using it. To but a lot of phones there. have it. You'd be surprised. It's something I always pay attention to on every phone I review. And the Galaxy S10 Plus or the whole S10 line, where the first Galaxies in a long time not to have a notification light. So oh, okay, fair. Uh, you probably don't notice one of those ambient things you don't even think about, and then you don't have it, and you go like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me. Um, so there's a bunch of new phones that were announced, despite in addition to all this stuff we just talked about. Yeah. Um, did you have? I, I have had no hands on with any of these phones. Did you get a chance to play with the Asus Zenfone Six by any chance? No, but um, I, I have definitely sent out my messages to people that. <laughs> I want, yeah, I, I, I want reached out to that. Asus, going, "Hello, uh, when is my review unit arriving? Not, not even can I have a review unit? It's like, when is it coming? Because <laughs> this is super cool." Yeah. Okay, so throwback to the Oppo N3, like we we literally have like a rotating rear camera module that comes forward. So that's right. And again, a Sony forty eight megapixel sensor. So I mean, I mean, think about that. Super high quality selfies. <laughs> yeah, and and remember, the other phone that does that is the Galaxy A eighty, mm-hmm. which I still have. It has. Have you weird- played with that one? No, I haven't either. It but it also yeah. has this rotating weird thing that, and it's got the same Sony IMX five eight six, I believe. Mm. Oh, that one. I oh, okay, I thought the, Samsung was Asus developing their have, own. Yeah, they are, but I think it's using the Sony sensor. Oh. <laughs> ironically, and I do <laughs> think the Asus uses a Samsung sensor. Oh, wow. so I could be wrong. Fact check me, folks. And <laughs> you can yell at me on Twitter. <laughs> Either way, how cool is this thing? Like, okay, so there it's was someone cool. here who was using it. So we, like, I didn't touch it, but he he was using it. Did you it. ask for hands-on? I mean, we were in a black cab, so I don't know how much I would have been able to actually do. Oh, uh, I see. But we, but we, like, we asked him about it, and he was saying that he's having a good time with it so far, um, and showed us how you can move the camera to pretty much any point on the axis in order to do photos or even That's video. That's got me excited. Yeah. My only problem with that is when you have it about halfway and you're trying to use it in that forward fashion, kind of like a taser uh, in that way. All the video is going to be vertical. It's not like you can covertly move it in such a way that you have 16 by 9 or rather uh, 18 by 9 or 16 by 9 video. That was the only thing that I kind of got a little bit miffed about. But overall, I'm excited about that kind of thing. I think that this module would break easier, though, than like a pop-up. Yeah. Yeah, it seems a little more fragile to me as well. But look, I mean, the thing as a headphone jack, it's really affordable, like five hundred US dollars, right? That's the crazy part. Like, how how is that even possible? <laughs> like, <laughs> you have this kind of sensor. You have, uh, isn't it? Is, does, isn't it rocking uh, flagship specs right now? Like, yeah, it's eight fifty five, um, and it, and it has like a pretty big battery too. It's a five thousand milliamp hour battery. Oh my like, god! Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing is really interesting to me. I don't know. And, I, and you I know what's it. funny? This phone all of a sudden came out. Like, weren't we all kind of snoozing on the Zenfone 5? Because it Oh, my God. So snooze-tastic. <laughs> and now they just come out of the woodwork with this thing. Um, I hope. Like, who does Asus... It's okay. supposedly coming to the U.S. That's what I was about to say. Does, that's does the Asus thing, that's actually like, sell in the U.S.? That's give me my review unit. I want it now. Now. Yeah, I completely agree. I definitely want to try that thing out. Um, 
What were the other lenses on it? I know there's two, right? There's only two. So uh, I've got the specs in front of me. Oh, Ooh, look at me. Uh, 40 megapixel. I'm not sure if the Samsung or the uh, or the Sony one. 13 megapixel f over 2.4 ultra wide. Oh, so it's an ultra wide. Okay. Yeah. Which makes, which really, if you're going to have two lenses, that's what you want, right? Yeah. Screw the tele. You want ultra wide and regular. Um, this thing also has stock Android for the first time on a Zen phone. Oh, that's right. No I forgot about complete that. complete stock Android. So I, I, you know, so we're talking about these phones that are like five, $600 right now, right? And up to 670 for the OnePlus 7 Pro. And, you know, there's another phone that I got to play with at MWC that uh, I got another hands-on with more recently in San Francisco, the ZT Axon 10 Pro, mm. which is probably not coming to the US and probably, you know, and there's no fi- have, has no certain pricing yet. And there's also a 5G version, which will be more expensive. But the 4G version, from what I gathered, poking around at the various uh, people at ZT that were in the room, they're targeting the same price point as some something between that Zenfone and the... Um, and the Honor 20 Pro. So we're talking five, $600 for a Snapdragon 855 flagship phone with three lenses in the back. That's insane. Yeah. You know, I think there's some, there's so much going on and stock Android as well on that one. Mm. So, yeah. So what, Crazy. what happened? Like we were complaining about thousand dollar phones for a while. And now there are so <laughs> many of them that are coming out at like a, a good price. Like th- th- these are the prices that flagships were what, three, four years ago, six, six, seven hundred dollars. That's yeah. crazy to me. And, um, you know, obviously we have even other ones. Um, I, I know you, you didn't have this on your list, Miriam, but, um, just a quick shout to the, uh, red magic three that's meant to come out at the end of the month. All right. Um, yeah, so that's, that's another one, 5,000 milliamp hour battery. <laughs> Again, the Sony 48 megapixel sensor. Um, and the game space it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. Um, Red Magic Three from Nubia. I'm looking forward to that. I need to request a review in it. I just so many phones that I just don't have time. It's too much. None of us do. Like there's uh, (laughs) not to get existential here, but a lot of us like uh, bloggers slash YouTubers. Like I've been hearing the word burnout again, and I'm a little bit worried. You know, for the for the friends. You know, got to make sure that work life balance is there. But there are. It's literally you're halfway done with a review, and another device gets announced. Like I'm sitting in London right now, and last week we were in uh, San Francisco. Oh, New York. We were in New York for OnePlus. Yeah, that's right. You forgot already, right? (laughs) Exactly. it's gnarly it's so crazy um yeah speaking of the red magic 3 um if it's anything like the red magic mars which i just kind of pseudo reviewed it's not on my channel yet but it's it's ready to go but um i pseudo reviewed it as well (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, it's got the triggers on the sides i thought that was really cool it warranted uh, a look um but yeah i uh, uh man it just Every category is being addressed right now. You have a really good camera. You have gaming phones. You have gaming modes. Good daily performance. Um, you know, we're in a really good time. Uh, so I don't want anybody either to feel like we're belly aching about, um, you know, how good it is right now. Because it's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, so there is more, believe it or not. <laughs> we have more. Wait, but wait, there's more. So... Uh, Zenfone 6, very exciting, especially at that price point, super stoked. The other one that's got me really excited, we'll never see this in the US, but Realme X or Realme 10. Mm-hmm. Realme is Oppo's cheap brand, like Redmi is Xiaomi's cheap brand. And what I mean by cheap is, I shouldn't say cheap, affordable. But my point is that it's like the dr- brand they use to really be the price leader, right? Yes. Um, and this, this is like an Realme, India one, right? This is more India. 
Yeah, I think so. But this Realme 10 or X is insane. It has, it costs 215 US dollars, 215 in China, has a pop-up camera, okay, has, let's see, a, a 6.53 inch uh, AMOLED 1080p screen. It supports Oppo 21 VOOC charging, which is like basically like OnePlus's standard uh, warp charging. Um, the selfie camera is the same camera as the OnePlus 7 series, mm -hmm. uh, which is at that 16 megapixel IMX471. And it's a pop-up camera. And it has the, it has the Sony IMX586 48 megapixel camera as a main sensor. Good God. And then a depth camera, that 5 megapixel on top of that. Mm. And let's see, what, what's the chip on that is what I'm trying to figure out. Because I think that's the part that, that, that blew my mind. Snapdragon 710. Oh, there you go. Not bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's basically a Snapdragon 845 that's been taken through the, the, the dryer and it's shrunk down a little bit in performance, but not by much. Yeah. Um, wow, right? <laughs> There's that, yeah. So $215. I love that they, they still do the US equivalents, even though it's not going to be in the US. Uh, but yeah, $215 for sure. Uh, definitely a great price. Uh, 710, that is a previous generation soc though right because we just yeah got that so basically the it's interesting because the the 845 spawned the 710 which is kind of a simplified version that spawned itself the 670 mm, there you go that's used in the pixel 3a um so like but their lineage is traceable to 845 and then the 855 now has spawned the 730 yeah and we don't we don't haven't seen any phones and with that yet and there's probably going to be a six series uh, resulting from that as well mm. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, look, these chips, I mean, for that money out, like you'll seriously, a 710 for $215 buy now. Okay. Like <laughs> you can't go wrong here. Um, it does come with four gigs of Ram at that price for $260. So instead of 220, uh, 215, whatever you, you pay 260 us and you get eight gigs of Ram. Mm. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, no, that's a great, that, I mean, that is it doesn't awesome have stock Android right remotely in any way, shape or form, but holy crap. And I don't know if it's plastic or glass. Or I was what. just about to ask. Is, it didn't say anything there about design? Or? It probably is plastic. You know, it's like the um, uh, plastic frame and plastic separate in the back that looks uh. like it's plexiglass. Like it looks like glass, but it's not. But I could be wrong. You know, we've seen phones at that price point that are all metal and glass. So it's China. Anything can happen there. Yeah, exactly. As we, uh, uh, you know what? That could be the name of this episode. <laughs> Anything can happen there. Yeah, yeah totally. China. <laughs> Man. Um. So that's that's one thing that kind of totally made me raise my eyebrows and go like, what? Mm -hmm. um, the next one on the list, there's more, but wait. Um, <laughs> the Moto One Vision, which is uh, the next generation of the Moto One, which in, we got in the US eventually at some point last year, but I, they never sent us a review in it. I even asked for one after it was a US phone and they're like, oh no, we don't have any, sorry. Uh. I'm like... How can you make a phone? Like, I review a lot of Moto phones for, for Geekspin. I'm like, how can you not send me a Moto 1 to play with? Nope. It did feel so, a little bit like an afterthought, like, uh, during its release cycle, though, right? Like, even Moto, it did. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the thing about the One Vision, which is a new one, is that it has, get this, it has an, ha, it has an IMX586 48 megapixel <laughs> sensor. Oh, actually, no, it's, it's the Samsung version. Sorry. Oh. It's not the Sony. It doesn't have the Samsung. The Sony has the Samsung version of that. But here's the best part. The best part is it has an Exynos processor. 
What? Mm. So basically, it's a Samsung phone with Moto branding. Because it's Exynos with a Samsung 48 megapixel sensor. Have you ever heard of an Exynos phone that's not a, a Samsung phone? I was just about to say, I thought that... Which company did it? I'm trying to remember. This, that's happened. I know it's happened. Yeah, but exactly. It's like we can probably count them on one hand. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so this has... The cool thing about this phone is 6.3 inch display, but it's 21 to 9 aspect ratio. So it, it assumes that you're going to be watching anamorphic all the time. Basically. It's basically super skinny and super tall. I kind of... I've been saying for a while, and Sony were the first to do this at MWC with what was it the xperia one or whatever mm -hmm. the 21 to 9 has got to happen and it's got to happen on every phone i love the idea of a phone that i can grip in with and you know it's fine if there's some bars when you're watching 18 9 69 content it's all right it just honestly it doesn't matter to me I, I just rather have a long tall phone that's skinnier or less wide than a thicker wider phone that's less tall in well, my opinion wouldn't it be hard to reach to the top though um well, maybe that's that's definitely a problem with Android and then the the, um, the tray, right? Oh, that's the true, um, yeah. notification and the settings. But who knows? Maybe this runs like a super crazy Lenovo skin on it with like a, a tray in the bottom, like the yeah. Vivo phones, or some do, sort of know? like shortcut, um, or a shortcut in the in the buttons at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge phone to start with. Six point three inch uh, with that aspect ratio, it's got to be about the same size that, that as the Honor Twenty Pro. That honestly, is true in terms yeah. of real estate, but but narrower. Probably about the same size as Pixel 3a, honestly. I mean, there's probably going to be whatever the foldable Moto finally puts out, probably going to have that kind of form factor anyway, and then it just folds down, ideally. Um, but yeah, not too sure. I'm not... I like the idea. This phone stood out for me because of that aspect ratio, mm -hmm. the fact that it has that 48 megapixel Samsung sensor, and of course, the Exynos on it. I'm like, wow, this is like... The, the people say the phone world is boring, Joshua. <laughs> well, we used to say that, um, but you know, like I said earlier, it's getting so good. It's getting busy, but it's getting so good right now. And we're not even like talking about just form factors in terms of like pop-up cameras, uh, uh, OnePlus Seven Pro, Oppo Reno, whatever, what, what, what might have you, um, Zenfone Six. There's a lot going on in in all aspects, and that includes design. Um, so something yeah. like this, twenty-one by nine. I don't know how often I would actually be viewing that kind of content to truly take advantage of it but i guess you're right some bars are not that bad now and also you know i think i mean some people really do heavy video consumption on their devices and i get that oh yeah i'm but on a youtube lot of people like all don't. the time like for me <laughs> i'd rather be able to scroll through more emails and that's definitely gonna let me do that yeah that is true that is true you know i mean yeah uh i think that's it for the new phones of the week wow finally i mean after a lot of heavy hitters it's nice to have some kind of obscure things to talk about oh yeah i like obscure phones they're great um and then i want to talk quickly about um jessica dolcourt our good friend at cnet went to and she's not the only one several uh, tech journalists in the u.s went to chicago um invited by samsung to use the galaxy s10 5g on verizon's uh, millimeter wave ultra wideband network and uh, six weeks ago um motorola had invited the same media to try out verizon's network in the same city chicago with the that um, 5g mod that hooked up to the moto z3 oh so it finally um, was the mod yeah, so so the mod was shown six weeks ago, and the speed tests were pretty abysmal. Like they were, oh. <laughs> you know, a couple of hundred megabits per second, maybe. It really not seem, it didn't really seem to make five G worth it. So it's interesting that six weeks later, obviously that was six weeks ago when they showed it to the media. It was the day after they turned on the network. So I'm willing to give them some slack for not having great performance. Um, 
but not a very good PR stunt, if you ask me. But hmm. six weeks later, with the Galaxy S10 5G, Jessica and other tech journalists have reported incredibly good speeds on this early 5G network using millimeter wave. You pretty much have to be line of sight from the tower. Oh, um, okay. So that was going to be my at, question. It's definitely not like, it's not even a block. It's it's. But you, she got she got gigabit. She got like 1100 megabits per second or something like that. standing like right under it. Or right. And she was like across the street from it. So still not like, I mean, but still outside. So not bad though. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I can, you know, and her battery life didn't completely tank. I mean, it was definitely taking a bit of a hit, but yeah. so, you know, look, um, I don't, th- the, for me, the takeaway, if you ask me, I know a lot of listeners are going to ask me this one on Twitter, but look, should you buy a 5G phone in 2019? No. I say wait to 2020 and only if you really have the money and you feel that, the, first of all, if you're in a market that has it and you feel that it's something you really want because you have a use case for it. But it's good to see that it's happening yep. and it's less of a mess than 4G was, okay, so far? Yeah, so. I completely agree. And anybody out there who <laughs> might be looking at the 5G stuff with uh, phone envy, you need only to remember what it was like adopting LTE. Um, because oh it took little by little, like you waded into the water. I think my first full 4G LTE phone was the Droid DNA, and it took a long time. Oh, for even... you were already on second or third gen modems by then. Exactly. <laughs> you I were didn't lucky. Even, yeah, exactly. I didn't even like touch that, touch any LTE phone up until that point, mainly because of my contract. But it probably helped because if I was an early adopter, I probably would have run into some issues at least at one point in time. Uh, so yeah, I mean the same rollout for LTE as we have for 5G right now. I think that might be the best way to handle it, at least for now. Totally. Um, interestingly, I my first LTE phone was a review unit from Verizon and HTC. It was the dreaded uh, mm-hmm. This is hindsight is twenty twenty, but at the time we loved it because it was like, oh my god, it's the first phone with LTE in the world, woohoo! But uh, it was pretty terrible. Um, the HTC Thunderbolt. I'm sure oh. you've heard all about it before. Um, it was basically uh, the first gen modem, and if you turned on four G on that phone, your battery would drop to two hours. Whoa! Oh, see, there you yeah. go. That was that was that was one of the main problems. I just remember. Like, yeah. I'm not even talking about half your battery life. I'm talking about going from using a phone for a day to using the phone for two hours. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes. And everyone's looking it at was, each other like, "Oh, it's fast, though, right? It's fast." <laughs> oh, it was fast. It was great. But man, the thing would get so hot in your hand. Oh. I probably lost like all my ability to reproduce using that phone. Oh my god! If I had any ability left to reproduce, that's gone now. <laughs> from that phone um i don't know it was it was weird uh we have one last story i want to quickly touch on i was about to say that wonderful let's move on that was a wonderful uh, joke and and you know what on my podcast that would have been my cue to go and on that note but no thank god you have thank god you have one more thing to talk about you know it's because i'm uh, (laughs) i'm a pro uh all right so pocket lint uh, posted a story about a vivo patent that they unearthed somewhere which is kind of crazy if you you click if you click on the link josh it's uh there's uh, some illustrations of phones with reverse notches. You, you've probably saw this at CES. There were some laptops launched from Asus and and eventually I think uh, HP maybe no no uh, Lenovo that have a bit of a like the, instead of the notch encroaching in the display, the notch encroaches in the frame of the phone. So the frame of, of the laptop. Mm. So the frame is raised basically as a bit of a tab mm. where and it's conveniently located when the laptop is closed where you'd want to put your finger to open the lid. So it's actually a very clever idea. Yeah. And so what Vivo patented is something similar. 
on phones though so there's no need to lift a, a you know a, a lid or a hinge yeah. or a lid here but the idea is that instead of having the camera encroach on the display why don't we just add a little bump on top of physically like on the metal part of the phone and have the cameras embedded in that and then the best part is they have one with dual cameras that look like little antennas like little little ears basically. no that's that's that is the disney phone i'm calling it right now that is totally that totally vivo if you're listening i know you're the craziest of them all please <laughs> make it happen i love you two bits signed miriam <laughs> there you go this kind of this kind of cuts the symmetry of a phone though right i, I can see a lot of people nitpicking this kind of thing because if it's only on the top, but there's nothing on the bottom that matches it, it's going to be like a deformed phone of some sort. But it makes it look like a cartoon character, Josh. Oh, I mean, I get that with the look ears. Look at it. This other render, though, little... just looks like they didn't, you know, cut the top. <laughs> like, oh, no, they didn't cut. I mean, honestly, to me, it feels, it just feels like, you know, it. I can totally see this flying in China again oh, or in yeah. Asia in general. It, like, it's the kawaii is off the charts. It's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, so they would definitely, I, I could see that because there are enough people who put those big, big cases on their phones to just make them look like characters. I mean, those those are ridiculous already. So this, yeah, I can see where this will come up. Um, I don't think that anyone in the US would be down for it unless there was some no, sort of practical. We're way too serious people for that. <laughs> yeah, we take, we we take have it too to seriously. Deal- we have to deal with the destructive regime day to day. We're <laughs> oppressed. We can't deal with cuteness anymore, okay? We have bigger fish to fry. Yes, it's the reality era, wow. everybody. I am so dark sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I encourage this phone to come uh, so that I can buy it and surprise all my friends with cuteness. I mean, a different phone, like something that is like unique and wholly different. Yeah, we need more of that. And we've been getting that. This this might be going just a tad too far. <laughs> yeah, it's a little crazy. Well, listen, we should wrap up. I think it's been a good show. Yeah. We've had lots of ups and downs. It's a very much a roller coaster. I hope you had Kleenex around and there wasn't too much crying while you were listening to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and too much laughter, hopefully, as well, because, you know, we need to balance things out. Yes. Uh, Josh, you want to tell the folks in the universe where they can find you? Uh, all the things you do and your social, please. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, my main work, obviously, is over on my YouTube channel. That would be youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara. Um, so that's just my full name. Easy to put at the end of youtube.com. Uh, now, as far as social media is concerned, I have the same handle for all of the networks, uh, Twitter, even Facebook. You can find me there. Um, and uh, Instagram, that's at JVTechT. And here comes my catchphrase. Uh, at JVTechT, it's because I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea uh, so those would be my social handles. Um, I do, I'm, I'm looking to ramp up a segment on my Instagram, IGTV in particular. I've done quite a few of these already, but I want to start getting back to doing them daily. A segment called Spill the Tea, where I just react to the day's news. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, where I just want to, and it's it's low production quality. It's like whatever phone's in my pocket, I use the front-facing camera. It's a vertical video anyway on IGTV. Yeah. So just react to some news. Um, I didn't do one today, but I will just put one thing out there we don't have to talk about obviously it's just a hot take a hot spilling some tea adobe premiere rush is finally out so yes yes i can't wait to use it and on your phone folks mm-hmm. so the reason why i'm really happy about that is because i could do spill the tea record it all and actually edit it on the same phone i hope it's as good as i'm like projecting it to be <laughs> Yeah, I'm stoked to try it out because I do a lot of my recording with phones, but then I go onto a computer to edit and I'm just like, oh, I want a one-stop shop solution. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, uh, you know where to find me. I'm at Tankerl on Twitter and Instagram. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character without the vowels. And uh, that's where you'll find some thoughts. Uh, please interact with me on Twitter. This is kind of the comment section is Twitter, really, right? Mm. And then uh, Instagram is pretty photos. Pretty photos of phones, of my travels, whatever. Uh, there's also, like Josh, I have a YouTube channel, which is my name. It's easy, youtube.com slash Miriam if you're wondering how to spell Miriam Joar, just go to my Twitter and you'll find it spelt out there. Uh, no spaces. And um, I don't have quite the production level that Josh has on his YouTube. Really, it's it's tops. You should check it out. I will link your um, Honor 20 Pro video in the show description. Mm, thank um, you. But... Um, yeah, but I think uh, you you know you'll find some unboxings and complimentary videos to um to this podcast. So just uh, tell your friends, subscribe, like the videos, all that good stuff. Uh, comment in the comment sections on YouTube, and then uh, remember the podcast lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. So if you stumbled here by accident, you know, like wondering. Uh, where to find it, mobiletechpodcast.com. Tell your friends as well, subscribe. You can also find me and my guests on all the platforms, Google, Apple, Pocket Cast, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, and even Spotify, so you have no excuse to not subscribe. <laughs> um, I also, <laughs> uh, also want to thank our sponsor. We have a great sponsor here, and it's audible.com. They've been with us for a long time, and they really helped support us. So if you're not an Audible customer yet, and you're interested in listening to audiobooks, you want to try it out, there's a 30 day free trial offer in the show description and I'll give you the URL in a second but basically Audible is the place to go for audiobooks if you like to read but maybe you're driving all day and you can't read a book on a Kindle or on paper um, you can listen to them on audible.com and so uh, check it out they have great selection they have awesome um, writers who read their own books you know beginning getting the author to read the book is really cool so that's what Audible brings to the table and if you want 30 day free trial check out the link Below in the show description, it's audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. I want to thank Audible for being our sponsor. And if you want to support the show and you don't have Audible yet and or know somebody who doesn't, please consider clicking through that link. And that's it, Josh. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. And I'm really glad yeah. to be able to do it remotely like this. So again, cheerio from London. <laughs> it's easy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll definitely have you on again at some point. Um, and maybe I'll be on your show at some point as well. Yeah, never know. I got a couple of them. So yeah, Pocket Now Weekly and my own Tech and Tea podcast. That's right. Mm -hmm. Let's make it happen. And uh, you folks know there'll be another show next week, so stay tuned for that. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.